online broadcast network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads from over 200 countries and your number one source in after-show entertainment. AfterBuzz TV, the destination for TV superfans. Producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows. Interviewing celebrities and showrunners. And bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! Tell about light. Hey, guys. <laughs> welcome to a brand new episode of Masters of Sex, Season 2, Episode 10, Below the Belt. Yes. Now, did you guys feel like you were hit below the belt, or just everything's <laughs> fixed below the belt? You know, it was pretty shocking, so that's what you mean. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, but I'm your host, Roya Tahiri, and guys, joining with me is Lum Gonzalez. What's up, everybody? How you doing? I'm good to be here. And guys, we have a very special guest tonight. We have Greg, sorry, Greg Wallach. Hey, how are you guys? Great. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. Thanks for Thank coming, you for having Greg. me. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. So you're a huge fan of the show, right? Oh my God, I love the show. The show is so fantastic. There's always so much going on every week. What's, from this season, what is your favorite episode or interaction that happened? Well, you know, I really, I've been kind of a fan of Lester. I really enjoy that character. And so I really, I was excited to see that he and Barb kind of had a nice connection. Yeah. Because I think both of both of them are so sweet and interesting uh, sort of side characters in the whole mix. Do you miss Jane, though? Well, yeah, I do. <laughs> I do. Can Barbara replace our Jane? Do you think that's possible? I don't know, maybe. I don't know, but that's just me. Ooh, all right. <laughs> so we got me. Team Jane and Team Barbara apparently over here. Definitely. I'm Team Jane. I love Jane. But Barbara's cute, too. She's yeah. great. But you know who I really enjoy out of all the... There's a lot of relationships that happened in this episode tonight. Mm-hmm. My one... I didn't expect I'd actually like it. was Austin and Flo. Yeah. I don't know if you can call it a relationship uh, or like a sex slave. Yeah. Because Austin's so desperate. Right. He wants this job. He's good at it. But he's gotta, he's gotta help flow out, make her feel good. What's your guys' take on that? I would say that, well, that took me left field. Like, I didn't see that coming. I mean, I, I will say that, and we were talking about this before the show started, if of all people, he definitely deserved it because of what he did, you know, to his wife and then to the other women that he kind of, you know, screwed over, you know, that we've seen in the past couple of seasons. So I think he had it coming to him, but like, I, like I said, I didn't expect it to come from her. So the fact that it did was very interesting and it, it was an interesting dynamic mm-hmm. to the show and what it brought, like I said, because I think some things have been somewhat predictable. Um, and other things have kind of blown up like, oh, wow, I didn't expect that to happen. And this is one of those things that I did not expect to happen. But I liked it. What about you, Greg? Well, I really felt like it illustrated the power of her salesmanship. Like, mm-hmm. what a master saleswoman she is, mm-hmm. even when she unzipped his pants. And he kept saying, <laughs> it's not going to work, it's not going to work. And she's like, guess again. So I, you know, she can sell uh the diet pills and she can... It, I just like kind of what a Svengali she sort of was about getting what she wanted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's a go-getter for yeah. sure. Do you think she's kind of, I wouldn't say con artist or fraud, 
kind of person. But Connor, do you, this is good. Brassy. She's a brassy <laughs> yeah. gal. Because yeah. well, you remember in a couple episodes ago with Betty, she's like, oh, I don't have the money. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, you do, Betty, says her. And she goes, oh, and gives her the right. rent money that she was putting off the side. Right. So that's pretty powerful for Flo to kind of lie. Do you think she's going to be lying to Austin in regards to their relationship and make it more than what she wants it to be. I, I think she. I think she's. She. This is what she wants. You know. I don't know that she wants to necessarily be in a relationship with Austin. I don't think she thinks she could be. I think she's definitely using the power um, because obviously, if she wasn't in the position as her boss, um, this would not work. Like she wouldn't have been able to manipulate him like she did. But she definitely used that for advantage. And I think she's the type of person, like you mentioned, brass. Um, she's used that. I think in her life as a whole being who she is as a, as a woman in this era um, needing to survive or whatever you want to call it she's kind of used that to get what she needed to get and this was just another thing you know that she used it for well and I think it's interesting because the gender roles are flipped that we all sort of giggled in the room when that was happening mm-hmm. but really I think if it were a male boss doing that to a, a female uh person they were working with we I don't know it would be a little bit more sinister but it was kind of really fun I mean we all kind of laughed and it was really fun to see that happen do you think if it wasn't Austin and it was a different male character we'd feel a little bit bad oh yeah yeah because absolutely yeah, they're, they're, <laughs> they're matched well they're 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 a good match for yeah. each other yeah so as we learn sex has there's ties with sex like nothing can happen or when people have sex you can't just there's strings attached Correct. sorry that's where i'm trying to get to Correct. Correct. <laughs> strings attached um you guys well lem it sounds like you don't think Flo is gonna kind of follow fall for austin do you think maybe austin would be the first one to kind of start having feelings for Flo more uh, than he would expect i or- think that's yeah i think that's a good question i think um it's very possible um, I think because this is a role that he's not used to being. He's used to being the person to being the con, if you would say. Um, and so I think because she's kind of reversing the roles and we've used that term already with him, I think it may come to the situation where he kind of likes it. And the fact that someone else is kind of taking charge of him and kind of, you know, being this way. And I mean, we've already known that she said she's going to keep doing this, mm-hmm. you know. And so it's either he's going to get out of the situation and then lose his job because that's inevitably what would happen or he's going to fall into that role. And I think that it's very possible he can. Well, and he said, you know, his penis can't lie. And so already it's told, even tonight, it told the truth. It it revealed his uh, his real feelings if we're to believe him, you know? And we had a witness, the little kitty cat there, watching. (laughs) I don't know about you guys. It was a little weird that he was making eye contact. But I feel like your your pets, I think, always love to do that. I think think they know when you're getting it on, and they're like, yeah, I see you. Living through you? Like, yeah, get it. (laughs) Sorry, that went a little bit beastly there. Sorry about that. Uh, But what about this relationship between Libby and Robert? I'm going completely different now. Mm -hmm. Uh, How do you guys feel about their working relationship maybe potential relationship outside of working well i i I like it i mean we've been alluding to this for a while even you know since before um i remember the first season when she had the worker that had come um to work for her and then he ended up kind of you know being nice and you know did a a little step you know dancing and whatever we thought maybe there could something be there and then of course he was gone Mm -hmm. so i think now and i think she kind of wanted it i think her character wanted it but you know she just didn't fall through with that and then i think this time because of 
everything now. There's been so much more development as far as her and Master's relationship. And I think she's looking at this as a possible outlet outside of what he's doing. I think I, I like it. I like the fact and I like the fact that um Robert is, is obviously very hardcore about how he is. Like, you know, she is a he's a you know African American male, she's a white woman with that whole situation was going on in the fifties and the roles are reversed where he's telling her what to do and she's obliging. Mm-hmm. Um and so he's kind of seeing thinking like maybe I think he was doing a lot being hard on her because he wanted her to break. He kind of wanted her to see, you know, I'm going to break you. You know, you're not going to be able to come. Or do you think he's just pushing her to see how far she'll go? I think that's a, I think you're right. You're all powerful and all knowing. <laughs> so I think you're right. Um, <laughs> That's a better. That's a better term right there. Thanks, love. I appreciate that. <laughs> I'm just call it like I see it. So no, I think that's a better term. Um, you know, pushing her to the edge or whatever you want to call it to see what she would do. And I think he's she's definitely surprising him. So I think um, you know, based on what we saw, we're not in predictions yet, but um, you know, we see something may happen. So I don't know, but I like it. Mm-hmm. I like, like it a lot. Even when they were going around to the building and he was having difficulty, she connected with the with the grandmother in the hallway. Mm-hmm. And I think what's so interesting about the show is that in a lot of these relationships, it keeps mirroring this idea of like the men are, are super conflicted, but then the women kind of come in and like get it done mm-hmm. in a certain kind of way. And I feel like it like they talked a little bit about the why versus the cure. Uh, at the beginning of the episode and mm-hmm. I thought that was so interesting because I think it's it's like that age old conflict between men and women you know uh, what they talk about on daytime TV like what Oprah talks about it's like the, the, the men are always focusing on the cure and the women are are investigating the why mm-hmm. and so I thought that was really an interesting thing um just there were a lot of nice mirrored moments, but and throughout the whole show, but in the episode tonight, about the way men come at something and then the way women come at something. That's a really good point. This entire yeah. episode, the men were kind of mm-hmm. like going head first, while the women mm-hmm. were like, "Hold on, well, why is this happening?" And then mm-hmm. why is this happening? Right. I mean, while the men are still just like, "Hey," <laughs> like the cure, they want you know, guys want to, guys just want to get cut to the end and fix it, and mm-hmm. women. I mean, not all men and women, but uh, women want to investigate the the why and the the feeling behind things. We have this nagging need of knowing why. That's why we <laughs> right. want to know why. Right? Oh, I want to know why. <laughs> I'm a little bit more feminine that way, classically feminine that way. How do you guys feel about Libby? I mean, we already kind of touched about women in this episode were mm-hmm. starting to take charge or figuring out why. Libby as a character over the season has really grown. Uh-huh. Do you guys feel like you saw that more in this episode again or what do you I totally agree. I, I was never team Libby. I always thought she was just a nuisance and I thought she was weak and I thought that she was just, you know, she was there. I mean, her character was needed, but mm-hmm. I just despised everything that came out of her, especially the situation that came with her and, um, you know, the, the person that she had, Robert's, um, sister, uh, that was helping her. And that really, like, that took me over the edge with her. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that she's seen some of the error of her ways. And I think in some, some instance, she's trying to amend that and trying to change and evolve just as an individual. And I like that she's asserting herself in that and then kind of taking control of that. And even, you know, the fact that she was like, ask Virginia, can you, you know, lie? You yeah, know, you lie to them. Tell the kids, yeah, yeah you know, because I really want to do this. Just tell them we're babysitting and blah, blah, blah. She's like, you want me to lie to him? I love how Virginia was 
opposed to lying to Bill, Bill just a little bit, but right. at the same time, she's totally fine with lying to Libby because exactly. Libby's like, "You guys right. are probably going to work really late tonight. <laughs> right? Do you mind just lying for me?" Right. <laughs> Meanwhile, working late means bound to go well. Exactly. Yeah, it's yet another triangle. Yeah. I mean, it's a new triangle between. Um, Virginia and Libby, mm-hmm. and that there's just so many sort of nice, you know, sort of triangulations going on between all the characters. Mm-hmm. It makes it really fun. Yeah, and when we saw Virginia talking to Dr. Matt and her uh, therapist in the beginning, mm-hmm. she was kind of saying how Libby's not a threat, and she kept repeating that. Now, we're seeing kind of a darker side of Virginia mm-hmm. in regards to Libby and her stance, I guess you would say, about Libby and who she is as a person. Right. Do you think now that Virginia spotted Libby talking to Robert and she was kind of spying in the hallway a little bit, both her and Masters did that, by the way, which is interesting. (laughs) Yeah, two different occasions. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you think that will either lead to Virginia seeing Libby as a stronger individual or leading more towards... Because, I mean, if Libby's having an affair, that's still her being an individual. Right. And then becoming a threat to Virginia. I don't know. I mean, I think... um it's hard to say. I, I don't. I don't know that Virginia would yet see. I mean, I think Libby would have to do something drastic um, because I think the first time she's ever stepped out of the box, we would say, is when she asked her, you know, to lie mm-hmm. um, for her. So um, she would have to do something really drastic for Virginia to even think of her as a threat. And I can't see that happening. Like next episode, you know, I mean, who knows? Um, it seems like a stretch for her, but I mean, you know, we've been surprised before, so it's something that could happen, but I think Virginia is so focused now, especially with Master's condition, that she's so focused on getting him better and, and developing what they have, you know, with the study and then between their own relationship. Okay. Well, it's interesting how much it fluctuates between, uh, we're just work. This is work, and we're working, mm-hmm. and uh, we're gonna we're gonna cure you. And then how clearly they're also having a a relationship of some sort. Yeah. So it's it's always interesting how it fluctuates back and forth, and the characters' own justifications for what's actually happening and going on in that relationship. I always think that's really interesting in the show. Yeah, as Master's mom said, everyone has their own version of what happened. Mm -hmm. So for Virginia, she thinks, well, this is not an affair. Right. Even when Dr. Holden, I said Holden, is that the right one? Uh, Madden. That's Madden. Madden. (laughs) Said it. uh, She was like, sorry, it's not hands up in the air. I can't do this on an affair. Um, Sorry, Virginia, but it is an affair. I'm just going to throw that. Do you guys think they're having an affair? Absolutely. Sure. Right. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, come you on know, uh, yeah, it's always, uh, it's complicated once uh, sex happens. You know, as much as you want to tell yourself, oh, it's it's actually, this is happening. I think it, it hits something at a core level mm-hmm. for people. Yeah. Well, I think, it, you know, it got away from the study. I think the moment that, and for me. Um, you guys could chime in, but the moment that it got away from it being the study and then actually turning into a fair and feelings involved was when he, um, kissed her that one time. Um, she was talking about, mm. you know, her situation and he like kissed her passionately, like mm-hmm. you would someone that you were involved with. And for me, that was the turning point to where like, oh, this is real. They really have feelings for each other and they're really doing this as an affair. But that was from Master's point of view, though. Yeah. Master's mm-hmm. kissed her. Right. So, but this is Virginia saying that this is not an affair. But I think she's just she's just covering it up. Like I don't I think she's just doing that to save face because I think deep down I mean 
say what you will how she feels about Libby, but I think at the end of the day, it's easier for her to say that it's not an affair, so she doesn't have to channel into those feelings. You're talking about somebody that really doesn't channel into her feelings well, um, just like Dr. Masters, and I think that that's why they get well together, um, but I think they each have had their moments where they've had you know situations that have happened in their lives and different situations that have caused them to you know look deep in their self, mostly with Masters now recently, with his brother being involved and things of that nature, but I think that that's just a way for her covering it up. Okay. I mean, that's for Greg. Do you have any? You well, want to fight against him? Always, I don't Greg, you must wanna, agree with me. I don't necessarily want to fight agree. against you. There's just always such interesting dynamics going on between them. Like the, a few episodes back when she had him sort of down on the floor, mm-hmm. you know, and naked and, uh, and all this, all this sort of interesting shifting around about sort of one being more dominant than the other mm-hmm. because, uh, Bill's always sort of in 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 the street in life. Bill's kind of do this, get this. It's gonna go this way. We're gonna do this. Mm-hmm. And then the, in the bedroom, uh, it's 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 interesting to see sort of the shifts regarding kind of domination and surrender. And then tonight, ultimately, that being sort of the thing that clicked over for him, you know, mm-hmm. and kind of began to turn. Uh, his uh, what was it called? Secondary, uh, secondary impotence. Yes, because <laughs> he's fine by himself. Yeah, that was yeah. Which I've like mo- most guys, right? <laughs> right? Fine by yourself. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm just like no comments. <laughs> do we do we need to have someone come and talk to you? No, that's okay. No? Okay, it's quite all right. Everything's fine. Thanks. <laughs> well, let's move on to uh, Barbara and Lester, mm-hmm. and something that happened. They they first get a meet, which. Barbara falls down the stairs or trips or feels lightheaded, dizzy, and Lester comes to the rescue. Right. Lester broke the cardinal rule of don't talk about religion or don't talk about science and religion together. Uh That's just, you don't do that, especially if you haven't even introduced yourselves to each other yet. Like, just save it for when you guys know each other well enough and you can talk. But Uh no, he decides to talk about science versus religion, and that really upsets Barbara. She runs off. Uh-huh. Into the night, and he doesn't go after her. <laughs> into the night, <laughs> but then they reunite because he goes sees her in the cafe, mm-hmm. and he wants to apologize, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that's when they make amends. Yes, and they both feel like maybe it's because they gave up, and that's why they are having these conditions, and maybe they shouldn't give up. Mm-hmm. And then they introduce themselves. <laughs> Do we like this relationship? I love them so much. <laughs> they're they're great. I I was excited when they. Uh, when they met and connected, and I, I love how one oh, one opens up about this pretty like deep thing, mm-hmm. and then uh, and then Barb opens up afterwards. Although, I was a little scared of what information right, she was going to give right. out. I was too. I was like, uh. But although, really, he didn't he didn't really make the real first step because she was vulnerable behind when he was behind the mirror, mm-hmm. and she didn't know he was there. Uh, there was already kind of a, you know, already kind of some sort of like vulnerability mm-hmm. there. Un- one unbeknownst to the other, you know? Yeah. Do you think that that helped him, like, be more forward with her because he kind of was in that m- tender moment? I think so. Like, this, like, yeah, he saw that sort of kind of intense, vulnerable moment and mm-hmm. and then turned, you know, left mm-hmm. and turned. And yeah. Took his camera with him. I took his camera. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, they're very sweet. I loved. I, I both actors as well. I'm, I'm brilliant actors. Mm-hmm. So I oh, hope, I, I, yeah. They're I hope. Actors. I hope we get to see them more. They were so fun. 
Do you guys know. think they're going to cure each other? <laughs> I was just going to ask you. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I think they're both really awkward. Um, <laughs> I mean, they just, but, but I, but I, I agree with you in the fact that I think that they deserve to be with each other, you know, with these conditions that they have. Um, I think they're both brilliant actors as people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and I think Lester, like, I liked Lester, you know, um, when he first came on board because of his awkwardness or whatever. And I always thought, like, he's never going to find anybody. And so, of course, here's Barb. So, um, I don't know. I mean, I like them together. I think it's kind of... You just of don't funny. want a sex scene, do you? <laughs> I <laughs> like, do. I know, I'm right there with you. <laughs> I think it would be interesting to see yeah. how it all works out. Yeah. He gets his machine working and right. she opens up. Is that the right way to talk about it in that way? <laughs> can't talk about it. Well, I thought, on a side note, I thought it was really interesting that how they t- uh, they talked a lot tonight about erectile uh, dysfunction mm-hmm. and how um, Betty um, Betty had the conversation about the one guy that used to keep coming in every Thursday night mm. and that shift was so interesting because she's there talking to Virginia about it and how he used to come in and she's like, it's going to be fine. And she just used to do everything. And then she was canceling all other plans. And then the, the shift at the end of that scene, like he had this disappointed look on his face, like, why couldn't I fix it? And I thought it was so interesting that ultimately all this erectile dysfunction became the woman's fault. And I thought that was sort of a recurring I, it's just interesting. Maybe it's representative of like the period, the time period. Just blame the woman. Yeah, but I just sort of thought, well, that's really interesting. Like she's telling this whole narrative about this guy and how, uh, how she's really pulling out all the steps. And then the shift in the end is he's looking at her like, why isn't her magic working for mm-hmm. him? I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, and it was kind of, it reflected Virginia's situation too sure. with masters mm-hmm. because yeah. they even say, I need you to fix me. That's, right, you right. are going to fix me. Right. So it's a lot of pressure. Ladies, <laughs> you watch out for those guys. <laughs> uh, so do you guys have anything else you want to add about Barbara or Lester or anything up to this point that we're going to start talking about the Masters family? Mm. And that's a tornado wanna, of a mess. Wanna, yeah, I'm ready to dwell yeah, into that. Yeah, you want to jump right in? Yeah, let's do it. There's so, a lot going on there. Apparently, they all might be alcoholics. Might run really close in the family, like everybody. Yeah, yeah. Is that what you picked Mama. up? Mama, <laughs> everybody. I don't know. It was just subtle hints. I don't know, guys. <laughs> the mom was drinking in the beginning. Right. I thought it was water. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah, no. Right off the bat, we see the mom uh, talking to Masters, and mm-hmm. I really like how their relationship has gotten a little bit better. Yes, yes. But at the same time, it's to bash Frank in him trying to recover himself. True. So they're kind of teaming up against him and laughing at him trying to cure himself, quote-unquote, cure himself because he needs it. Um, meanwhile, she's pouring herself a drink and just chilling at, chilling back. And Masters is drinking, too, while they're talking about it. Uh-huh. Do you guys feel... How do I phrase this? I'm trying to think. Um, but- I will say that I, I have an issue with Frank. I think... Uh- I think he's he's on this mission, you know, he's of course being sober or whatever, and I think a lot came out in that fight that mm-hmm. happened between them two, but it's like he 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 feels like he has to um, you know, affirm everybody and like change everybody and it's like he's just putting all this pressure 
on everybody and I don't think that it's 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 healthy in the sense that the way he's doing it. I understand why he's doing it, but it's the way that he keeps like the scene when he's, you know, uh, uh the mom, you know, has hurt, you know, she's hurt in her um Yeah, she got into a car yeah, accident, exactly. she was drinking. Right. Thank you. Um, <laughs> all I can forget that was hurt. <laughs> she bleeding. <laughs> she abandoned. I turned into a gay man. All right. Awesome. Um, so, so he's stitching her up, which is okay. That's great. You're doing right. that. But at the same time, he's giving these backhanded things like you're an alcoholic. and. Right. But is that wrong? She was drinking and driving. Right. But I'm saying it's. Like, it was, I felt like it was wrong. Like it was the bad timing and the way it was being done. My mom would have done that to me. If she was bandaging, putting a bandaid, even if I fell down the stairs and mm-hmm. she put a bandaid on, she'd be like, honey, you should have been more careful going down those stairs. It doesn't matter if you do something wrong, you're going to get scolded for well, it. Yeah. But I mean, I guess he was just, he was, just, he wasn't attributing anything to our feelings I guess that's what I'm saying I wanted him to be nicer about what he was doing like yes he's he's doing this act of kindness to his mother who may have a drinking problem or probably does she does have a drinking but problem but she was pushing him away right and that's why he was getting angry and angrier okay I'm, okay. I, I'm sorry, Greg. I didn't mean to get no, you in okay. our fight it's here right. we have our own masters issue apparently <laughs> um, no but Yes, I, just, I see what you're saying, but do you see? I mean, do you see what I'm? I mean, I'm not saying he shouldn't have. Also, this is his mother. He's the son, like you said. Your mother would do that to you, but the other way around is a different situation. But if okay, I'm sorry, Greg. That's okay. <laughs> if he's her mother or she's his mother, right? Then and he got beat like Masters did. Right. Means she ignored him just like she ignored Masters. So you think so this there's is still the anger, the anger that's there inside of him towards her? I feel so bad that I'm yelling. <laughs> but yes, <laughs> Greg, please. <laughs> well, I loved before they got in the big knockdown, drag out brawl between each other, mm-hmm. where you know. uh Dr. Masters turned into the father. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Standing there kind of bloody and intense and he, he lives on in us. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that was heavy. That was an intense scene, too. But I loved how Libby said just moments before, uh, it doesn't have to go this way. Summon your better nature. Yeah. And I literally, I really, <laughs> I really like summon your better summon nature. Your I'm better like, nature. yeah, let's summon your better nature. I need to think that on some of my rougher days. Uh-huh. I need to summon, summon my better, better nature. nature. But, um, that didn't happen. He summoned his animal, his father. Well, his father, His yeah. father's yeah. nature. Yeah. You know, he summoned his father's nature. And then felt bad. I thought that scene on the bed was really, uh, Kind of deep and touching because he's he he comes in all bloodied and then says I abandoned him to that monster mm-hmm. and then f- sort of felt remorseful and so it's interesting what we show certain people in our lives and then mm-hmm. we go and show something different to other people in our lives yeah and I kind of feel like when he touched his own blood he kind of realized what he was and he accepted mm-hmm. it and then he rubbed it on Virginia. He, right. he marked paint. He yeah. I thought it was a very male thing. I'm like that this episode is so full of all this like male, female, uh sort of archetypal stuff yeah. going on. I felt like yeah, he was kind of marking her. And then he gets a boner. You know what I mean? Yeah. So So it's like, you know, I just thought it was uh. interesting. So you just need to be beaten to be able to beat off properly. Ahead. Beaten and then mark mark your <laughs> yeah. woman. I, okay, for Masters being the person's all about presentation and mm. being like, I've got to have my bow tie very neat. Right. 
I don't believe that he would walk around in the lobby covered in blood or blood remark like on his shirt. I feel like he would have put a coat on, mm-hmm. but he didn't. To me, that just threw me off a little bit. Well, Minor I, detail, not really important at all. But I think mm-hmm. I think that was in, indicative of what he said at the at the very end, which is he said, uh, and I I quoted here. I said he he said he gives up. He said I give up. Another thing about giving up. Right. Another thing about giving right. up. And in the episode, not only. Not only him leaving a mark on the end, mm-hmm. their whole thing about being first. We have to be first. Right. We have to leave our mark. We right. have to. Right. So it was this whole like male, like we got, you know, about mortality mm-hmm. and fathers and sons and leaving your mark in the world. Like mm-hmm. you can't be second. And so I thought there was lots of really uh, interesting stuff going on on that level. Right. Now, do you guys feel Masters is in the right for saying Frank is wrong, Francis is wrong for saying those things about his life, about how he got beat. Do you think... Wait, say Because you remember how Masters was like, that's not your... St- or, what do you say? He was he was mocking Frank's um, speech that he was giving right, when right, he was getting right, his chip. Right. Saying, so your story is that you would magically disappear. Mm-hmm. Right? That's your story? Do you think that's fair of him to kind of poke at Frank like that? I mean, I think it's... I mean, ma- we might be backtracking. I apologize. Yeah. I know we probably just a little bit covered it, but... <laughs> no, I mean, I think it's it's just what Ma- what Masters does. I mean, that's just what he is. And he, like, tries to put it on, you know, pick at people or pick at people who would be weaker. This is his younger brother mm-hmm. who he feels is weak. And that's kind of where that fight came in. He said, you're weak. You know, and he kept, you know, taunting him and mm-hmm. saying how weak he was. And he's the weaker individual because you stayed. And all of these different things. Masters left. So he feels that Masters is stronger uh, for leaving out of the situation. And then that's when he kind of reflected when he was lying on the bed like I left him you know so I I don't I don't think it's right that he's doing it I understand why he is but I, I will say that I don't think it's right that he's doing that well and I think in families I mean in real life families I think families every every parent every sibling has their own narrative of what happened mm-hmm. and what happened mm-hmm. to them versus what happened to their sister or what happened to their brother and um like that was my story. Well, no, it continued when you left, mm-hmm. and now here's mine. I, I don't know if it was right or wrong, but I it, it was very human. I felt. Oh, you absolutely. know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. It reminded me way too much of my own child. Not that I got abused as a child, but like um, I wasn't like you know with your brother sibling mm-hmm. like sibling mm-hmm. rivalry. You know, mm-hmm. you sit in the back seat and you're looking out the window. I always be stuck in the middle seat, and my brothers, I mm-hmm. look out a window, be like, can't look out my window. This right. is my window. And right. I look the other way. <laughs> this is my mom. She's looking out my window. And it's just, you know, you can't help but throw your hands up in the air and be like, well, what do I do? This is my situation. That was, I wanted to get really deep with you guys and that Mm. I brought up my own life. That's what I did. You know, windows. I couldn't look out windows. Yeah. That's (sighs) very hard. That is troubling. You know what's troubling and not hard? What is that? Masters being us. (laughs) Is that a really bad, that was a bad transition, huh? (laughs) Absolutely. You are no longer all powerful and all knowing. Oh, man. Take that title away. See what happens when you give me the power? I just run with it. I'm just saying. <laughs> so, and listen, if Lizzie Kaplan is sitting there without her bra on, yeah, yes, yeah, I'm gay, and things were happening. And <laughs> things were happening to me. That's what I'm saying. I, I mean, you know what I'm saying. I love that scene because she's tying him up, and mm-hmm. Masters even says to his brother, "What he said something about being tied back or held back. I don't hold back." Mm-hmm. Or what do you guys remember in the fight scene? Because it was a tie. No? I, I don't. I don't remember. I don't. I don't. Well, anyways, um, he 
get signed up by Virginia, and I thought that was really hot. I'm like, oh, so that's all you have to do is fix it by tying them up and then making them want it? Cool. Well, I think it, go- it goes back to what happened at the end when he said, I give up. I think just as a whole, Masters has been this type of person that kind of puts on, he's, of course, you know, he's this brilliant doctor. He's doing the study. Um, he wants to be recognized. He wants to, like you said, his whole thing is almost to receive a, um, a Nobel Nobel Prize. Um, and so it's like, but there's all these things inside of him that is going on that he's feeling that he's not allowing to get out. And I think when he said he gave up um, and he was able to, you know, his he was cured, so to speak. I think it was just it was more of a metaphor that this is what he needs to do to be cured of a lot of the things that's going on mm-hmm. in his inside of him. You know, the issues that he has with his own wife and with his mother and his brother, you know, his family, things of that nature, even his practice, you know, and how he feels about that. So I think that it's good that he came to the realization of that um, because that's going to help him, I think, going forward, be a better person, right. you know, for what he's trying to do. Well, again, it's the cure versus the why. Like, he's mm-hmm. interested, he's interested in the sort of clinical, like, taking these beats and these steps and the cure, and she's pulling him more into the why. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know? That's true. Do you think he'll pass on his knowledge to Lester to fix Lex- Lester? Mm. I don't know why I stumbled oh, over him. I don't know. I don't, that's a good question. I don't know. I don't know. Cause I mean, that means he has to open up about having this issue. Correct. And it's, uh, I hope that I, I like when things get resolved in the show. It kind of mirrors sex. In fact, it's, I, I'm always so relieved when someone comes in with an issue and then like it, uh, when Alice and Janney was, uh, you know, um, the Dean's wife mm-hmm. and married to the gay, um, uh, guy. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, if you were a gay guy in real life married to Alice and Jenny, you'd be totally psyched because she's like a diva. It's almost like being married to Cher. But, um, uh, but when that whole thing with her about how she had never had an orgasm and how heartbreaking that was. Mm -hmm. And then when she finally had an orgasm, I was cheering at the television. I mean, it was such a release. So I hope that, uh, Lester and Barbara uh, fix their issues. It's very satisfying as a viewer. Yeah. I, I really hope so, too. Do you guys have anything else you want to say about this episode? Um, and by the way, the line that I was looking for was, "Never, I never beg. Oh, oh that's yes, right. I yes, never beg. Yes, he did say that. Proud. That is the line. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, so I want to ask you, what do you, what do you think is going to happen? What do you guys think is going to happen between Bill and Virginia? <sighs> well, I mean, I definitely feel that they're... It's going to go to that affair because that comp that word affair keeps coming up this entire mm-hmm. season right mm-hmm. and i think it's gonna i think first libby and robert are gonna have their affair affair and then that's gonna lead to virginia opening mm-hmm. up about her affair like she's gonna realize it's an affair right mm-hmm. it's more than just the uh study Especially do you think but you, but you think you think she doesn't realize that it is now who uh, Virginia, that it's not an, you don't think she realizes it's an affair. I think what she's doing is what Masters was doing for figuring out the problem. She's mm-hmm. just ignoring the why. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. Okay. All right. All right. But Greg, I want to talk to you about you. Sure. <laughs> so tell us, what are you doing? <laughs> I, after all that sex talk, yeah. I'm really nervous about what <laughs> you're going to ask me. 
What like what you got a show coming up right or you do a show here in LA I do I do this great show I host and curate a show at the Standard Hollywood called Eat Your Words Stories About Food and it happens the first Thursday of every month mm. and the next show is coming up on October 2nd and we have comedians and storytellers come on and talk about food because everyone eats something <laughs> and everyone has a story to tell so I just wanted to create a show that brought people together around sort of the metaphorical dinner table and we kind of hang out and share stories with each other and it's always a really good time and one really unique thing about the show uh, Eat Your Words is that every month we try to have a Los Angeles chef bartender, restaurateur, or foodie, and uh, we have, coming up on October 2nd, uh, Shauna Dawson-Beer, who created the LA Street Food Festival, and then we have Drew Hubbard and Ben Waters, the hosts of the LA Foodie Podcast, and I think they're also the most followed Instagram, food Instagram Mm -hmm. on Instagram, LA Foodie. (laughs) So those are our two food guests that we're really excited about. Now, does it cost anything, or is it free? The great thing is it's free. You can come hang out in the gorgeous Standard Hotel and hear funny stories and moving stories about food. Now, if there's a stand-up comedian that wants to be a part of it, do they have to reach out to you, or do is it, or do you have your own little group and you're like, no, he can't sit with us? Oh no, we're I'm I'm really big into the idea of community, mm-hmm. and uh, what I love is when people come down to see the show, and then after the show, they just come up and say hi and introduce themselves, maybe tell me what they what they'd like to do. But we're always open to having great meeting new comedians and storytellers and people in the LA area who would want to come on, and chefs and bartenders and restaurateurs who are out there who who would like to join us as well. It's always, It's been a really fun show. I don't know if you guys know uh, The Moth. Do you know The Moth? The mm. story, they're a uh, storytelling uh, collective ba- based out of New York City, but now at this point they're basic, basically global, and they're dedicated to the art and craft of storytelling, and they... Uh, do a show on public radio called the Moth Radio Hour, which I'll also be appearing on uh, on the 16th, the week of the 16th. So if you go to yeah, <laughs> thank you. If you go to if you go to the Moth dot org, you can find the your local station that carries the Moth Radio Hour. But I'm really proud to be appearing on that. So um, eat your words at the standard was sort of the idea of like, what if the Moth met food? So I sort of bring those two ideas together oh, nice. uh, to create this show. How long has it been going on? We just celebrated our year anniversary in September. Sweet. So we've been doing nice. it a long time. And it's, I'm really impressed. It has been pretty successful right out of the gate. I think by our second show, we'd been featured in the uh, LA Weekly. So thanks, LA Weekly, for yes. helping us out. But nice. we've we've been having a really good time. It's always fun to have people come on and talk about food because I I find like in LA people are pretty obsessed about food and have <laughs> a, little. a lot to say about Pinty. it so even if even if uh, you know folks in Los Angeles aren't eating a whole lot of it they certainly <laughs> like to talk about it a lot what's talking about it's making me very hungry I know <laughs> now I'm hungry right <laughs> it's spreading the well, we're watching we're watching all that uh, like the sex center and the food center in your brain yeah. is, they say are the same so we, we just sat around watching Masters of Sex and then we all were like we're starving so maybe it maybe it's that 
I hope it is, because if not, then I'm a little concerned for myself. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, but I wanted to say that people, uh, yeah, I, people can go to gregwallach.com or check me out on Twitter and and keep up with what's going on. But nice. we'd love to see people down at the Standard Hotel at the show. It's That's a really awesome. fun one. we got to go check that out, Len. We should. Please go. do. We love food. Do, do, they, have, food. do they have food there? Oh, yeah. The 24-7 restaurant that's uh, in the Standard they have a great menu that um, they provide during the e. It's available during the evening. Oh, okay. And so, yeah, come down. Drinks on drinks on me. Oh, so you know, nice. Can we get yeah. that in right? I know we got it. I know. Oh, you yeah, got it. Uh, you got it in the mic. Drinks right? on me. It's, it's taped. At least it's one. Recording. At least one each. <laughs> awesome. I love it. Well, bef- we're running out of time, but before we go, let's do some predictions do for next week. Um, <laughs> we see Virginia. M- Ooh, my bad. <laughs> Gotta let it go. I know. Gotta let it go. <laughs> like <All> masters. Right. <laughs> um, so we see next week that with the PR, which I know we didn't really talk about in this recap, but they're going to do PR for their research uh-huh. on for CBS and uh-huh. do a documentary type thing. But it seems like they're going to have to pretend they're actually a married couple, which could be a real issue for Libby, as we see. <laughs> right. But the editing could be very good. She could have no idea. Uh-huh. Maybe Virginia ate her food or something. See, there's food again. <laughs> right, right. right. So what do you guys right. think is going to happen next week? Greg. Hi, you see, I looked at you and then uh, I went to Greg. <laughs> I think it'll be interesting. I, I loved in the preview how Bill was so conflicted about being on television and they were like, you can smile if you want to. <laughs> and uh, Virginia, even with the patience, of all, has always been the sort of more... Um, approachable one. So I, I'm excited to see that dynamic unfold on television. Mm. You know, I think that on television, be, on yeah. television. It's, it gets very meta. Glenn, <laughs> <laughs> well, what do you think? It's my turn. Okay. So I think, um, I don't know. Um, I think it's going to be interesting trying to f- figure out because, of course, I think Libby, even though she hasn't alluded to them, you know, we always think that she's kind of just turns a blind eye. But I think that she's kind of um, been suspicious of some things. I'll put it like that. <laughs> and so I think when this happens, I think it's going to further, um, you know, you know, bring up her suspicions as far as like what's going on with her, um, her masters and Virginia. So um, I do think that. I don't. I think that she is going to have an issue. I don't think it's editing. I think she does have an issue with it. Um, I know that Virginia right. had said something like, "Oh, well, we can pretend that we're married to different people," um, type thing. But I don't think that that's going to work. So um, I think it's going to be very interesting to kind of further the complicated situation that's going on between Masters and Virginia and their whole relationship. That's super, For super sure. convoluted and complicated, and all of that. That's fair. That's yeah. what makes it delicious to watch. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're going to see a kiss between Lester and Barbara. That is my prediction. Nice. And I hope it happens. Make it happen, Barbara. Mm. Do it. <laughs> well, guys, in the meantime, in the meantime. Well, where can we find you? Greg, I know you mentioned a little bit earlier, but let's tell the people again. Where oh, yeah. People you? can find me. Uh, I'm the host of Eat Your Words at the Standard Hollywood the first Thursday of every month. Come on down to the show and check out gregwallach.com. Nice. Lem? And you can always find me at uh, The Poet Saint, and that's on Twitter and Instagram all day, every day. And guys, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at HeyRoya. That's H-E-Y-R-O-Y-A. Thank you guys so much for joining us. And Sean, thank you for engineering in the booth. Bye, guys. See you next week. All right. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. 
To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 